0: The Powers on Sports podcast is brought to you by Titan Home Lending, TicketSmarter.com, and our Florida realtor, Drew Felios. Enjoy the podcast. Larry Bird's not walking through that door. We're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. It's my team. It's my quarterback. A okay. It is... Oh! To so be the man, you gotta beat the man.
1: But two-one,
0: swung line drive left field. One run is in. Here comes Green. Here's the front of the plate. Here's. Is... This is the Powers on Sports podcast. All right, welcome in, Powers on Sports podcast. I'm your host, Jason, down in Tampa, where we have a national champion in college football, a big week of NFL playoffs. As we get to middle of January here, we've got the NBA in full force, but we are going to focus this podcast on uh, college football. We're going to give a quick little recap of the national championship with Michigan winning their first title since 97 with Harbaugh leading an undefeated team, a 34-13 win over the Washington Huskies on Monday night in Houston. Uh, And we're also going to dive deep into the National Football League playoffs. Got a great guest for you, somebody that's uh, in the primetime booth with Buck and Aikman every Monday night, and they will be in Tampa this Monday night for the Second meeting on Monday Night Football this year of the Bucks and the Eagles. One, David Moulton. David uh, is also a Serious XM uh, host with NFL Radio. Again, he works with Buck and Aitman. He also hosts his own radio show uh, here in the, in the state of Florida, Miller and Moulton, in the mornings. So, David Moulton will be here. We're going to break down all things NFL playoffs. How do these games get selected to go which networks remember this year we've got a game on Peacock exclusively so if you don't have Peacock Saturday night prime time, you won't get to watch Kansas City and Miami play in a freeze-a-thon in Kansas City temperatures supposed to be near zero degrees as Tyreek Hill returns to Kansas City. So uh, that is a Peacock exclusive game. Again, if you don't have Peacock, then you got to go find somebody who does or you won't be watching the Chiefs and the Dolphins on Saturday night. Uh, but again, David will give some great insight about how the networks choose which games go where and all the, all the little intertwining things. We'll also break down some of the coaching moves. We had Black Monday uh, earlier uh, in the week. Several coaches got fired. There's still a couple of coaches in limbo. Not sure what's going to happen, but we will talk about that. Uh, As well, we'll talk about maybe what Jim Harbaugh's future is as well, so it'll be interesting to see. So, um, got a lot of stuff to talk about. We're going to hit on a little Pat McAfee, John Moran injury, a little Jameis Winston. I'm going to give you some picks, and we're going to honor a, let's do that now while we're at it, we're going to honor a soccer living legend, one Franz Beckenbauer. Uh, those of you that are old enough to remember Franz Beckenbauer was a legendary player for German West Germany back in the day. He was one of the stalwart stars to come over in the in the North American Soccer League in the mid seventies, along with Pelé, along with Giorgio Canalia, You had Franz Beckenbauer, you had Johann Cruyff, but Beckenbauer was a elite defenseman sweeper captain of germany for many years he passed away uh this week uh at the age i believe of 78 so shout out to franz beckenbauer if you were a soccer player like i was in the in the you know early early 80s beckenbauer was a guy that you you remembered um Again, he, his prime was more in the '70s than it was the '80s. But again, soccer—if you're a soccer fan at all—you know who Franz Beckenbauer is. He led Germany. He kind of overshe- oversaw the German national program for many years uh, during the back in the '90s, early 2000s. So, uh, but again, Franz Beckenbauer passing away at 78, lived a great life. Uh, you know, all that kind of stuff as well. So, shout out to Franz Beckenbauer. All right. Let's get to, uh, again, we got a little cold front down here in Tampa. Hope everybody's okay. I know a lot of bad storms are, have gone through the East Coast and is running up the uh, in the Mid-Atlantic and now heading up towards the East Coast this weekend. So hope everybody is uh, A-OK on that front when it comes to the weather. Um, but let's get to Michigan winning the, their first national title since '97. Remember back in the day Brian Greasy was the quarterback. Michigan beats again Washington 34,13 just a dominant effort uh, on the in the running game from a physicality perspective. Uh, Give Washington credit. They, After a very rocky start in the first quarter where they got gashed on the ground, giving up two long touchdown runs. Give Washington credit. They hung in there. The defense settled down. Michael Pennings did not play great. He was not terrible, but he just didn't play great. He missed a couple of big play opportunities where he had guys open. But the pass rush of Michigan... The, uh, the the defensive pressure, the ability for them to rush four, not have to blitz much was a major factor in the game, especially with the guards in the centers of Washington being able to block the Michigan defensive tackles. It was a real struggle. Michael Penix was under all kind of pressure throughout the night, just not able to get into a whole lot of a rhythm with his with his uh, trio of, of excellent NFL receivers, Adunze, Polk, and I uh, <clears throat> can't think of the other guy's name, but... Uh, But again, just an an all-around quality effort. Again, not much in the passing game out of Michigan. Again, everybody keeps hyping up, and you hear Harbaugh hyping up J.J. McCarthy like he's going to be a big NFL player. I don't see it. I think he's at best a third or fourth round draft pick. He's going to get picked higher than that, but he is not a very polished passer. Uh, not a very good uh, reader, uh, processor of information, in my view. I don't think he's going to be a very good NFL player at all. He's most likely coming out after his, you know, his junior years this year. He's almost all, almost certainly to come out in the draft. He is young, only twenty years old, but I just. I don't see the natural throwing ability. I don't see the natural processing of, of an offense. I think he's going to really struggle in the NFL. And I do not see him uh, as a first-round prospect. He's going to get picked higher than he should. But to me, he's at best a third or fourth-round pick. Uh, but we will see. As far as Penix goes, I think you're going to still see the body of work of Penix. His ability to throw the ball. His ability to throw with touch. Uh, his ability to get... Through, you know, process information really well. I think Penix is going to be at worst a mid-first round pick. Um, you're, you're going to see people dissect his game. I don't think this game yesterday was going to be is going to be a major factor in where he's drafted. Um, but one thing I do think is going to be a factor is how do his medicals come out at the combine? They are going to prod and poke around with him very, very, very substantially because of his knee injuries. He's had some shoulder injuries as well. So it'd be very interesting to see how his medicals come out at the combine. To me, that's going to be a big a factor of anything with Michael Penix is how do the medicals come out. What is his body kind of how, what does his body translate into? But I think he can he'll be a good pro quarterback. You get him with the right team with some weapons. Um I think he'll he can be a very productive quarterback sooner rather than later. Um, so I do like Michael Penix to go in the probably mid first round. You know, a team like Tampa down here, you know, he's from Tampa down here. I don't know if you, you know, picking a guy that's from your hometown is always the best idea, especially at the quarterback position. But a team like the Bucks, who could maybe sit him for a year if you needed to, um, a team like, you know, middle of the road team, I could see a team like, you know, Pittsburgh with maybe you give Pickett one more year. I could see a team like, uh, you know, a team in the, you know, I could, you could definitely see a team like New Orleans, like Denver. Pick a guy like Michael Penix with his, because again, I think he's a really good thrower of the ball. He, he's been in a passing pro style offense for for many years, so I think he would he'll do a good job. So, but Michigan wins again, wins their first title since '97. Um, hardball's future again. I don't think you'll hear anything out of Harbaugh as far as interviewing for jobs until until Michigan has had a parade of some sort or an on-campus celebration up in Ann Arbor. I think that'll be a couple more days down the road. Probably by Friday, you'll probably start to hear the murmurs of, of Harbaugh maybe interviewing, whether it's the Raiders, whether it's the Chargers, maybe Washington, maybe Atlanta. Uh, it be very interesting to see what Harbaugh... Uh, You know, if 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 he truly does want to go to the NFL, what opportunity is most appealing to him? Obviously, to me, from a quarterback perspective, the best opportunity is in uh, in Los Angeles with the Chargers and Herbert. Uh, but could Chicago, who he played for uh, professionally, could they make or maybe make a run at him knowing they have the number one pick in the draft with Caleb Williams? If they made a run at, at Harbaugh, obviously they would they would probably let go. If, if they knew he was interested in the job and would take the job, they would probably let go of uh, Matt Eberflus, who did a good job resurrecting that team the, the second half of the year in Chicago. Uh, But if he's not, maybe if Chicago does, Josh Harris, the new owner in Washington, I don't think Harris wants to give all the control to one guy in Harbaugh. Be interesting to see how much control Harbaugh is going to demand. Will the Chargers be willing to do it? I think that would be the team. Them or the Raiders. Remember, he he Harbaugh coached for the Raiders way back in the day. Has a relationship with with. uh, had a relationship with Al Davis, has a relationship with Mark Davis, knows Tom Brady well, who's affiliated with the Raiders. He hired an agent, Don Yee, who's Tom Brady's agent, to kind of uh, you know help him navigate these NFL offers. So it'd be very interesting to see if the Raiders come a calling. If they, you know a lot of sentiment out of that Raider locker room the last several weeks for Antonio Pierce, how will that how will that play out in Vegas and then potentially Atlanta? Would would Atlanta want to do something? Obviously, they let go of Arthur Smith. Um, Would they be big game hunting for a guy like Harbaugh? You still need a quarterback in Atlanta. Desmond Ritter, not the answer, not going to be the answer. Is Justin Fields a possibility in Atlanta? I think, remember, he's from Georgia. I think he's going to be high on their list as far as a quarterback to go after. You'd have a couple years with him and a new head coach. They've got, they've got weapons there. I could see Atlanta being a hot player for Justin Fields. And then he had the surprise. So again, what Harbaugh does, he'll be the first domino, the first big, big fish in the pond. But then you'll have some other dominoes because again, we had we had the surprise of Tuesday was Mike Vrabel let go in Tennessee. Not traded, not mutual part of the He was fired by Tennessee. Uh, we've still no decision on Bill Belichick in New England. I think you'll hear a decision by Friday with Belichick. I think Kraft and Belichick will meet here the next day or so, Wednesday, Thursday, and I think you'll you'll I think by the weekend because if you're the Patriots, you can't wait a whole lot longer to make a decision. Because again, Vrabel's probably the guy you're going to target number one if you're New England. If you let Belichick go, with the history Vrabel has, he's a really good coach. They got the number two pick in the draft, so they'll be able to draft a quarterback. I think Bella, I think that would be a, nat, a very good transition for for Kraft would be go from Belichick to Vrabel. So be interesting to see how that unfolds and how quickly that decision, maybe not, a decision not made in New England, maybe they keep Belichick. I just don't see how they can keep Belichick. Uh, the personnel decisions have been a disaster with him with the draft and free agency. I think you wanna I think Vrabel will be the heavy number one candidate in New England if Belichick's let go. So uh, there's some uh, coaching stuff for you. We'll talk a little bit more about it with David Moulton as well. Like I said, he's coming up. We're going to have a full deep dive into the NFL playoff games, uh, some of the narratives, and, and boy, are there some storylines. You got Stafford returning to Detroit. You got Tyreek Hill coming back to Kansas City. You got Cowboys-Packers. You got a rematch with Bucks-Eagles. You got... Uh, you got Cleveland-Houston, which is a very intriguing matchup because, remember, C.J. Stroud did not play in the, the game a couple of weeks back when they played and Cleveland beat them soundly. You got the, uh, you, know, you know, wow. Wow. Some really big potential, Matt, You have a potential Cleveland, Baltimore in the divisional round. If they win with Flacco going back to Baltimore, how how crazy would that be? And speaking of uh, Houston winning the division, and then you have the the full meltdown in, in Jacksonville, which we're going to talk about with David as well, with Peterson and Trevor Lawrence. But speaking of Houston you know last saturday what a what a wild ending in indianapolis indianapolis was driving to win the game down 23-17 they throw the fourth and one pass to the running back out in the flat they don't run the ball with jonathan taylor taylor's not even in the game on fourth and one they don't throw the ball to taylor they throw the ball to the third or fourth running back on that roster goodson who it wasn't a great throw but it was a very catchable ball doesn't make the catch houston advances to and wins ends up winning the division cuz what jacksonville happened to Jacksonville on Sunday in Tennessee so um and the other bit of drama was Sunday night in Miami. We had Tua and Josh Allen. You got the Dolphins were ahead 14-7 going to the fourth quarter. And then the dramatic 95-yard punt return by uh, the Buffalo special teams, the punt return team. And then Allen scores the go-ahead touchdown. They end up winning the game 21-14. Again, Buffalo now the two seed when five weeks ago they were in huge trouble. Uh, they end up being the two seed at 11-6. Pushes Miami to the sixth seed and to Kansas City in the in a uh, in a freezer game against the Chiefs on Saturday night, again on Peacock. So um, get your free Peacock subscription ready, because again. You don't have Peacock. You're not watching that Kansas City uh, Miami game on Saturday night around the country. And I think it's a disgrace. With the, I'm, I'm with a lot of people around the country. I think it's a disaster what the NFL's doing, not not making that game available uh, to, to to the masses on on your standard cable and forcing you to be in the streaming service. To to uh, the NFL sold that game to Peacock for a hundred million dollars. And to me, that's just—I mean—that is just greed. That is—that is just as greedy as you can get. If you're in the National Football League, I don't love it. I can live with Thursday night games on Amazon, but again, to put a playoff game where this is your—the whole country wants to watch these games, these playoff games—it's a—it's—it's—it's it's, it's a bad look for the NFL. It really is, you know. And I'm not—not not real happy with uh, what they're doing there. But it's what it is. I think they want to be in the streaming world, and if they can get a hundred million dollars for one game, I hate to say it, they're probably going to take the money, uh, and and be damned what the fans think and all that stuff. But I will say, if there is a massive revolt by the fans or the or the audience is not great. I would not be surprised if this is a one-year experiment with that moving forward with Peacock. So, remember, Peacock's affiliated with NBC. NBC's going to have both games Saturday. They're going to have the primetime game on Sunday night. Lions in Ford Field and the Rams with Stafford. Monday night's on ESPN, and then uh, Sunday day... Uh, is 1 o'clock CBS in Buffalo, 4.30, going to be in Dallas for Green Bay and the Cowboys, which that'll get a humongous rating, as will the Sunday night game, as will the Monday night game. So that's, uh, again, we're going to talk, again, David David, will give you some great insight about how these networks pick those games. It's not as easy as you think and it's not as straightforward as you think. Uh, so you'll, you'll enjoy our chat there. Remember, remember, you can find us on, on X and Twitter at JPO Sports. If you haven't already done so, hit subscribe, rate, and review with the podcast. Um, definitely do that. We appreciate the, the support and the help. Uh, and re- go to go to my uh, Twitter handle, I'll when I put out the podcast and retweet the podcast to your friends and colleagues who will enjoy it. cause uh, uh, we try to put out some good fresh stuff for you every single week. We do put a little time into this, try to get you some good guests, and I know we got a great guest for you this week. So all right, a couple other things on the one a couple NFL things, major. Major clown act by Jameis Winston. If you saw the uh, play at the end of the New Orleans-Atlanta game, they run the ball in the end zone out of the victory formation in the last minute against Atlanta. Apparently Winston and, uh, and over did not listen to the coach who told him to kneel down, Dennis Allen. They run a play for Jamal Williams so he can score a touchdown on the year. Are you freaking kidding me? In the victory formation. A clown move by Jameis Winston in that whole New Orleans offensive uh, huddle. That just shows you what they think of Dennis Dennis Allen. Uh, Jameis will will not be back in New Orleans next year. Uh, you know, again, just another example of of lack of awareness by Jameis Winston in all facets of, of of his professional football career. You wonder why nobody's given him another opportunity to be the starting quarterback. Well, that's a great example why uh, he's getting ripped, and he should be. That's just bad. That's just that's just a bad look for you, Jameis. You're better than that. You should you should be better than that, but maybe you're not. Uh, and that's uh, what it is. Uh, Pat McAfee in the Aaron Rodgers controversy. McAfee or Rodgers was on McAfee again on Tuesday this week. Again, did not apologize to Jimmy Kimmel. Obviously, he and Kimmel had the uh, the back and forth last week with with Rodgers accusing Kimmel of being on the Jeffrey Epstein uh, list of uh, people and all that stuff as far as the uh, sex trafficking and all that stuff. K- Kimmel came out with a very strong uh, response. Uh, threatening lawsuits and such. Uh McAfee in the middle of this, just just feeding the bear, feeding uh Rogers. Um, if you want to listen to a good, good interview spot about the whole Pat McAfee, Aaron Rodgers fiasco with ESPN and how the ESPN's responded, uh, check out the Richard Deitch podcast, uh, the sports media podcast. This week he does a great job outlining, interviewing a guy who knows ESPN very, very well, a reporter. Uh they they go through all the uh, semantics of the ESPN relationship with McAfee, the positions that the different uh, that the different executives and all that took. Remember, McAfee also called out Norby Williamson, one of the oldest, uh, most prolific executives at ESPN as well. That he was trying to sabotage McAfee's show. They get into that as well. So that, that, that check that out. The sports media podcast. But don't forget about the Powers on Sports podcast either. Remember, we're here. We're giving you the information of where to go to find better information. So good interview spot there by Richard Deitch on that front. So, all right. NBA note. We don't have not a whole lot of NBA to talk about, but there was a big big development in the last couple of days. Ja Morant going to be out for the rest of the regular season with a shoulder injury. Hate to say this for Ja it's good karma it's karma brother for what you did last year the clown show you put on the again lack to lack of awareness of all the all the trouble he got in last year with the guns and the videos in the instagram it's almost it's a good thing he got suspended 25 games of the, uh, going in into, into this year to me that was not enough it's 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 a bit of karma for ja morant that he's now has a shoulder injury got to go through a rehabilitation a surgery that he's out for the rest of the year. He's obviously going to get paid for the rest for the last, you know, 57 games or whatever it is of the regular season. But no more playing for John Morant in the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, I, I thought the punishment was too light by the NBA back then. He should have been at minimum a 40 to 50 game suspension. He only got 25. He got fortunate. Um, but, again, a little karma for you, John Morant. Hopefully, again, this is just another sign that, you know, Get your life straightened out, do the right thing, and you'll make a boatload of money. The other NBA news: Draymond Green is very close to returning to the Warriors. He, he apparently came out with the uh, news that Adam Silver had to talk him out of retirement. So we'll see how the Draymond Green situation, he's still suspended indefinitely by the NBA. But we'll see what happens here uh, as we move towards the All-Star break. Uh, will he be, you know, when will he get reinstated, all that good stuff. Obviously, the Warriors are struggling this year. Uh, they are very much uh, going to be at the bottom you know, bottom end of the Western Conference playoffs. So we'll see if Draymond has figured anything out and is understanding, again, back to awareness, have some simple awareness of life here that you can't act like a full-fledged clown all the time uh, and everybody's going to just th- think it's okay. So, uh, But we'll see when Draymond gets reinstated by the NBA, but it sounds like that's sooner rather than later. And we'll see how uh, Jameis handles himself moving forward. So there's some notes and not- news and notes from around the sports world from you. Again, appreciate you finding us. Let me give you three picks for the weekend. Again, I was uh, did a good job last week. I gave you three winners. I gave you Houston. I gave you Green Bay minus the three. And I gave you a teaser, Buck Cincinnati. So this week, I'm going to give you three more winners. I like the Cleveland Browns on the road minus two and a half at... Houston, I like Detroit. I know everybody likes Stafford and the Rams, but I like Detroit again. Lousy, lousy job. You know Laporta gets injured in in, in week eighteen for the Lions. That's gonna be that could be a big blow. He's probably not gonna play. TJ Watt got hurt last week. He's not gonna play this week in the playoff game. So some significant injuries. We'll see what the status of Waddle and Mostert are in Miami. How that affects uh, the, the the game in Kansas City and the frozen tundra of Arrowhead Stadium. Looks like Donovan Smith will be back for Kansas City, their left tackle this week. Um, so, but I'm gonna I, I gave you three winners last week. Let's give you three this week. I like Cleveland minus the two and a half. I like Detroit minus the three, three and a half against the Rams. And then I'm gonna do a two team teaser. I'm gonna tease up the Buccaneers on Monday night. They're getting three points at home And I'm also going to tease down the Dallas Cowboys minus 7.5 against Green Bay. I think those two together teaser, I like that. I think Green Bay will will be valiant, but I think Dallas will eventually pull away at home. Uh, I like Dallas at home. I think they got a great opportunity to win two games at home uh, and get to see hopefully maybe San Francisco in the NFC title game. Uh, And then the AFC, you've got the potential Joe Flacco going back to Baltimore next week in the divisional round. I think they will beat Houston in a good game, but I think uh, Cleveland will have a little too much on the defensive side, and I think Flacco will do just—they'll do enough on offense. Amari um, Cooper, Jerome Ford, and company, and Joku will be a big player for Cleveland. He has been a m- monster since Joe Flacco's gotten in the lineup. So I like those three games. Uh, I, uh, I do think Buffalo will beat uh, <clears throat> Pittsburgh um and then i again i think tampa bay on monday night they're getting 3 points at home with as much as Philadelphia's reeling and again david will talk david moulton will talk about philadelphia a little bit uh but i like the bucks to get it done wild card to wrap up wild card weekend monday night football in tampa baker who did not look very good last week, was injured, banged up. Hopefully, they, I think the Bucks will come out throwing the ball against the Eagles and that defense. I think Evans will have a good game. And that Buck defense is coming around, getting very healthy. They're getting some good play out of, out of their, their guy, their big money guys on defense. So I like the Buccaneers to get it done Monday night at home against the Eagles in Tampa. So there you have it. Uh, David Moulton will be coming up in just a couple of minutes. Appreciate you finding us on the Powers on Sports podcast. And have a great week, and we'll see you next week for Divisional Weekend in the NFL. Now a word from Titan Home Lending. Are you in the market for a new home? Are you looking to get into a a single-family residence, condo, townhouse, duplex, whatever it is? If you need financing help to get pre-approved, which you need to do, reach out to Titan Home Lending and Jason Powers. We'll get you approved in less than 24 hours. We'll get you qualified, figure out what you can afford. And we will get you in a position to be able to make that offer. So reach out to me, Jason Powers, Titan Home Lending. We can help you with an FHA loan, a VA loan if you're a veteran, a conventional loan, a bank statement loan. We can help you with a investment property, a second home. Whatever their financing needs are, reach out to me, Titan Home Lending and Jason Powers, 205-790-1404. If you have any buying or selling real estate needs in the Tampa Bay area or anywhere in Central Florida, reach out to Drew Felios, 813-382-9934. Drew can help you on the buying side or the selling side for any real estate, commercial, or residential property. Drew is my guy. Anywhere here in the state of Florida, especially in Central Florida and the Tampa Bay area, reach out to Drew Felios, 813-382-9934 for all of your real estate buying and selling needs. All right, welcome to 2024 National Championship in the books, Michigan National Champions, but the NFL playoffs are here for the next four to five weeks heading to the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. Ticketsmarter.com is your place to go to find tickets on the secondary market, whether it's NFL playoffs, NBA, NHL, college basketball, concerts, whatever it is, anywhere in the country, TicketSmarter.com. And their mobile app is the place to go for the get-in price to check on your better, lower-level seat price tickets. TicketSmarter's technology gives you the most competitive pricing on the secondary market. Your purchase is safe and guaranteed. And here's a promo code for you. Powers 10 will save you $100 or save you $10 on a $100 order, or Powers 20 will save you $20 on a $300 order. Again, NFL playoffs, whatever it is, ticketsmarter.com and their mobile app is the place to go. Tell them the Powers on Sports podcast sent you. You can use the codes as many times as you want anywhere in the country. TicketSmarter.com. Think smarter, ticket smarter, and the TicketSmarter mobile app. And remember the code POWERS10 or POWERS20. All right, welcome back, Powers on Sports Podcast. Appreciate you finding us. We are going to give you a deep dive into the NFL playoffs. No better person to do this with than David Moulton. David hosts the Miller & Moulton Radio Show here in the state of Florida. He's a, he's a uh, host for Sirius XM. And where he'll be on Monday night, he will be in the booth in Raymond James Stadium for the rematch of the Bucks and the Eagles in uh, working for ESPN the part, uh, alongside Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. David has been a regular here on the podcast uh, throughout the years. So we appreciate David's time during this busy time of the year. Welcome back, sir. Jason, I love it when you call. And uh, th-
1: boy, how about the storylines we got here? Woo! I mean, we've got four. Unbelievable big storylines obviously I mean Saturday would have been something if Deshaun Watson had been healthy but you've got (laughs) Houston who made the big trade with Cleveland and oh my goodness you know it's Cleveland Houston and then Tyreek finally gets his game in Kansas City unfortunately for Tyreek his number jersey is 10 and I don't even think it's going to be 10 degrees for him and the Dolphins on Saturday night.
0: And for the viewers, if you don't have Peacock, you're going to have to go somewhere to to scour somebody's password and username to get on
1: Peacock. I know, because even if you're in West Palm, you're not covered. Fort Lauderdale, Miami is. But if you're in West Palm, you got to pay the money. Wow. So there's no question about it. It'll be interesting to see how well this goes over. The NFL right now doesn't care. They got their $100 million check, and they've already cashed it. Uh, Then you've got – how about Mason Rudolph? Yep. And if he's not hot, how about the Bills, who won five in a row to end the year? This is the fourth year in a row, by the way, the Bills enter the playoffs on a big winning streak.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, I mean, last year they had the Bengals game canceled, but otherwise they had won a bunch of games in and around it. They've now entered three of the last four years with a seven, a six, and a five-game winning streak. So we'll see if they can keep it going. You've got Mike McCarthy hosting the (laughs) Packers. And then you've also got... Obviously, Matthew Stafford going into Detroit. Can Stafford finally mm-hmm. win a playoff game in Detroit? And if he does, he will break the Lions' hearts. And Philly-Tampa Bay is a rematch. It's not only a rematch, it's a Monday night rematch. <laughs> right. That's right. All
0: right, first question I want to ask you. I'm always very interested in how these games get determined of where they go to which network, what okay. time slots, and all that stuff. Give the audience a little perspective of how, and I don't know how much you know of this, how do – Is it a priority? Is it a lottery system? How do the networks divvy up the games?
1: Okay. Well, the networks don't divvy it up. The NFL does. But the network lobbies the NFL. So, like, Fox, every year, if the Cowboys make the playoffs, Fox is like, we want the Cowboys. And we want the Cowboys. Well, I don't know. We want the Cowboys. (laughs) right? No, that's how it works. And when I was with Fox a few years ago, the NFL said to Fox, okay, here's the deal you can either have the Cowboys on a Saturday night, but if you don't want the game on your one game this weekend, wildcard weekend on Saturday night, then we'll give you a different game on Sunday, but we're not giving you the Cowboys. And Fox said, no, 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 we'll take the Cowboys. And if it has to be Saturday night, it has to be Saturday night. And NBC got the other NFC game. They got Philly at Chicago, the famous Chris Collinsworth double-doink game. So (laughs) Fox gets one game this weekend, and they said, we want the Cowboys. So they got them. Okay, fine. So then the CBS says to the league, uh, listen, who gets
0: the priority who gets the top first of the league that's my question
1: well usually you know once again with MB- and I know that Fox doesn't own the NFC completely right. anymore and CBS doesn't own the AFC but then it became a matter of okay who we put in as the peacock game you know w- which way are we going with this well they you know NBC paid 100 million for this peacock exclusive For one game, one game. Right, but they, you know, they're kind of saying to the NFL, hey, man, you got to give us a team or a game that people really want to see. I mean, with no offense, you know, don't give us Cleveland-Houston. Right. You know, we're not going to make our money back on Cleveland-Houston. Right. Okay, and since the Cowboys are out of the equation, arguably, who's the second biggest draw? It's Mahomes, Kelly. I'll see Taylor Swift and the chiefs
0: and Tyree going back and to so Kansas it, city.
1: And so the NFL said, well, you know, okay, we'll try to give you as much bang for your buck as possible. Wow. Now CBS wanted Kansas city. I mean, that's sure. the number one AFC draw. That's who they wanted, but the Steelers, Right. You know, that's a pretty good alternative. And you get Buffalo and Josh Allen and the bills are hot. So CBS is like, okay, we can live with this. So they give Peacock, the Chiefs. Well, then now, you know, fill out the rest of the schedule. The fourth people have wondered in the last few years, how does Monday night get decided? The NFL concluded a couple years ago. We need to be able to Sunday night of wildcard weekend, let everybody know networks, teams, fans, what our divisional playoff schedules is. We can't wait till after the Monday night game. Well, the only way you can do that is by making a four versus five game be the Monday night game. Gotcha. Very quickly. Think about it. Two play seven, three play six, and they recede. If you had one of those games on a Monday night and the six or seven seed won, it would totally mess up the seeding. This way, the NFL has their divisional rounds locked in, well, 12, 18 hours before the Monday night football game is played, and we know when we wake up Monday, winner of the 4-5 game goes here. Now, the one thing that's also guaranteed is the winner of the 4-5 game is going to play on Sunday because they're not going to then have them play Monday, Saturday. So there's two things that the NFL, when, when giving ESPN ABC a Monday night playoff game, they had to make certain allowances with the schedule. Remember two years ago, the Rams beat Arizona on Monday night. So this is the third year in a row that ABC gets a four or five NFC game because they had Brady's last game last year, but also, you know, the thought of, well, it's really going to hurt a team. Well, the Rams won the Super Bowl that year. (laughs) Right. So, you know, I mean, so, you know, this isn't like Thursday night football where you're coming back on three days rest.
0: Well, I'll give the fans a little inside baseball. David and I were texting on Sunday and I just threw out a little question to David, who do you, where do you think you're going Monday night? And he, he sent back two words, Tampa or Houston. And subsequently those are both the four or five games now I know. Now you know. I didn't know that. And so that was my thought was maybe Detroit and the Rams because of the Stafford deal, but I didn't realize the four or five scenario.
1: And I thought Detroit Rams might be the Peacock game. Right. But the NFL even did NBC Peacock a, a bigger solid. They said, We'll give you Taylor Swift. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean Mahomes and Kelsey. Right.
0: <laughs> so I was half right. I said prime time for Detroit. said so it's just Sunday night Detroit I know. Rams. Same. By the way, that's
1: a, a big treat for Mike Tirico. He lives in the Greater Detroit area, yep. and he gets the early game Saturday. He will fly back, quote unquote, home and right. do the Lions' first home playoff game in 30 years.
0: All right, I want to talk to you about a team that you that you know well. You you live in that town, and back when we talked in the right before it was Week One, we talked. You really thought this team had a great chance to be the one seed in the AFC, and after 10 or 11 weeks, they were right in the mix. Your Jaguars. chance to make the playoffs about six weeks ago, a full meltdown in effect in in Duval. They don't make the playoffs at all.
1: You know, the Eagles and Jags both lost five of their last six. The difference was the Jags were eight and three and the Eagles were (laughs) 10 and one, but yeah, this is, you know, it's funny. The Jags, as we all know, have not been a very successful franchise in their 30 years Mm -hmm. of existence. So, how disappointing could a winning season be for the Jags? Jason, I could argue maybe this is the biggest disappointment of a season yes. in Jags history. I agree. Even though it's a technically a winning season. When you think about how vulnerable this division was this year with the team they had returning, for them not to win this division this year, Right, And now look at how the rest of the division, how quickly it's regrouped. Like give Detroit credit, Jason. This was the year the NFC North was vulnerable. Chicago was still in transition and Green Bay was very much in transition. And Minnesota lost a lot off a team that won all their close games last year. What did the Lions do? They took care of business and they won the North when the North was gettable. Now next year, I mean, Green Bay is the youngest team in the league and they just made the playoffs and they got a ton of salary cap room. Chicago's got all those picks and a ton of cap room. You know, this was the year for the Lions to get it done. And so far they have. This was the year for Jacksonville to get it done.
0: And they didn't do it. And it started on a Monday night. You were in the building, that Cincinnati game where they, they was back and forth. Jake Browning was making, I think, his first start. Uh, Post Burrow injury, mm-hmm. and they, they, sh- a game they should have won. It was a back and forth game, but they very easily could have won the game and didn't.
1: Jason, we have a saying on our show, which is when the NFL schedule maker gives you a win, you desperately need to yep. get it. Look at the Dolphins. If the Dolphins had merely beaten the Titans at home, they'd be the two seed.
0: Up 14, up 14 with about seven minutes to go.
1: With about four minutes to go. Yeah. <laughs> all right, and that's it. That's all they all they had to do. Just take care of business at home against the Titans. They would have won the East. Yep. They'd be the two seed. Okay. Life would be very different for them. So you know, you can look back at Jacksonville blowing the game at home against the backup quarterback in the Bengals when they were reeling. You know, there are plenty of examples around the league. Look at the Eagles losing at home to Arizona. How yep. different life would be for yep. them. They would be the two seed. You know, I don't think they mail it in against the Giants the way they mail it in. So if they had right. beaten Arizona at home, right. they're probably the two seed and life is different for them.
0: So. If Houston doesn't come back against the Buccaneers in a shootout early in the year in a, I mean, track meet kind of game, CJ Stroud goes right. like 85 yards in like 40 seconds to With beat no the Buc- timeouts. Right. Yes, uh-huh. and Todd Bowles botched the clock at the end
1: there. A game that we thought was going to come back and cost Tampa all year long, but the Bucs were able to rise yeah. above it. So, yeah, yeah
0: crazy stuff. What was the best individual team performance you saw all year on Monday night? Was it Baltimore at San Francisco?
1: It wasn't just that Jason, they beat the Niners. They did something which I haven't seen done in the last couple of years. They were more physical than the Niners. I haven't seen anybody be more physical than the Niners. I've seen the Niners get beat before. I've seen the Rams beat them. I've seen other teams, um, They physically at one point, I remember turning to Troy Aikman during a commercial break and saying the Niners are getting embarrassed at home. When is the last time that happened? Right. You know, now I will say um, Baltimore secondary is not the fastest secondary in the league. Remember the one close game they've had here down the stretch. Forget mailing it in against the Steelers. You know, the Rams finished the year by winning seven of their last eight. The Rams' only loss was in overtime at Baltimore. Stafford and company threw the ball all over the Ravens. That they game. did. They did. So, you know, so that is when we get to future matchups, you know, that's why if the Dolphins theoretically could have gotten themselves a rematch with the Ravens, we wondered could their speed at receiver? Now they'd need a healthy waddle. You right. know, the Ravens secondary is not the fastest secondary in the league. But
0: Baltimore was oof, very <laughs> impressive. All right. Give me the most, give me a couple of I'm gonna give you give me the most indispensable non-quarterbacks. Give me a player or two in these playoff teams that without this guy, I'm not forget the quarterbacks without this guy playing well, this team can't, can't make a deep run.
1: Well, the funny thing is with San Francisco, the argument might be Trent Williams, you know, the rest of the offensive line from the center to the right tackle is actually, I've had player personnel guys tell me that it's pretty average, but that the left side of the line is what makes that whole line work. Um, you know, you think about it, Jason, the Niners had that draft was it the 2017 draft where they drafted Solomon Thomas third and Reuben Foster at the end of the first round. That turns out to be a total disaster of a draft. We all know three first round picks for Trey Lance. Yeah. Think of that. That's five first rounders that they have totally blown <laughs> yet. Why did they make it? They traded for Trent Williams. They traded for McCaffrey and they hit on Debo yep okay, and i so, play, and i use played really and, good and i is play and obviously you know brock Purdy, right you know which you don't expect to happen so for as much as they've totally blown most of their first round picks they've made two very good trades and then they got a little lucky elsewhere but and fred warner is an all-pro
0: guy as a third or fourth round pick and he is the
1: heart and soul of that defense. So, when I'm thinking of the NFC, if you're taking what about CD Lamb
0: for Dallas, well,
1: yes, although I actually think they do have some other weapons. I mean, Dak hasn't gotten all his yards from CD, it just seems as if he has. <laughs> um, but I would argue it without Trent Williams, I actually think the Niners can be beaten it, by, by some. They could be beaten by Dallas, put it that way. Let's face it. the Right now, Styles make a fight and the Cowboys do not match up with San Francisco. San Francisco physically right. devours them at the line of scrimmage. If you took Trent Williams off that line, I actually think the Niners can hang around with the Niners and make things, or the Cowboys I can can hang around and make that game
0: interesting. Very, very good point. Very good. point. couple of things, fans. Remember, remember, the Niners will play the, the lowest seed remaining in the divisional round, as will Baltimore. So whoever, whether it's right. four, five, six or seven, that's who Baltimore or San Francisco and Baltimore will play. Interesting potential matchup in round two. Joe Flacco could go back to Baltimore. How, how, how would that look? Uh, that'd be
1: remarkable with I that think. defense, especially
0: in Cleveland too. Well, and remember, Cleveland
1: won in Baltimore. Ironically, it was uh, Deshaun's last game in which he beat him with essentially a broken shoulder. He right. played the, a perfect second half, by the way. He didn't have a single incompletion with a busted shoulder that needed season-ending
0: surgery after uh-huh. the game. Uh huh. Interesting. What do you, do you think? Uh, everybody obviously is on the Buffalo hype train with what they've done the last four or five weeks. They obviously finish off the regular season on Sunday night in Miami with a again, punt return might have saved that game. I don't know if they win that game without I that agree. punt return. Do you think and obviously Buffalo's now gonna get at least one home game, maybe two? Are they are they the most serious threat in your mind to, to Baltimore?
1: Yes, but boy, did they get a good draw. Now, they played their way into it, but, you know, to get Pittsburgh, but to get also the Steelers without T.J. Watt. Yes. You know, if Pittsburgh's going to win that game, they're going to win it defensively. And it's tough to imagine they can win it defensively without their best defensive player, even though Mason Rudolph played better and they found a little bit of a running game. The one thing you have to be worried about, though, with Buffalo, Jason, they turn it over too much. They yeah. do. Josh Allen's amazing, but you know, why have they not won the big games now? They should have won the one a couple of years ago, the 13 second game against the <laughs> chiefs, but you know, they do turn it over too many times. You know, they were fortunate to get by a third string quarterback dolphins team last year in the first round. And then they ran up against it against Cincinnati. So, uh-huh. I mean, if I can get turnover free football from Josh Allen, then yeah they're scary good.
0: Matthew Stafford going back to Detroit. I mean what a storyline
1: that is. Uh not- I actually think that's the sleeper in the NFC. I mean think about it. they finished 7 and 1. Yep. The one was at Baltimore in overtime on a punt return, right? I mean 7 and 1. Come on now. I don't care if they played Arizona or I mean come on now. Yep. 7 and 1 the Rams are. They've got two wide receivers that you can't cover. Two. They have a super a Bowl winning a they have a back. running back who's a 1300-yard guy. They got a quarterback who's won a Super Bowl. Yep. They got a coach who's won a Super Bowl and is an elite play caller. Yes. And the quarterback's a borderline Hall of Fame quarterback by the way. I mean, and they got Aaron Donald, they got two other guys on the defensive line with eight or more sacks. I think the Rams are a live if there's going to be a sleeper team in the NFC, I
0: think they're the one. And we'd love to see and we'd all love to see a potential if the Rams don't win, we'd all love to see a potential Detroit going back to Dallas for the for the sequel, <laughs> Brad <Ooh>. Allen style.
1: <laughs> I have a feeling that the Lions when they run the tackle eligible plays will It'll be blatant, the signaling that I'm the eligible guy.
0: Well, if you didn't see yesterday, how funny was it that Detroit runs the tackle-eligible play yesterday? They threw a ball to Skipper yesterday in the regular season finale just to probably prove a point to the NFL, I'm sure. There were billboards in the
1: greater Detroit area last week that said number 68 reported. (laughs) And then the first time Skipper – checked into the game as to tackle eligible. When the ref announced it, it got a standing ovation. All right.
0: A couple more things. We'll get you out of here, David. A uh, couple Black Monday thoughts. Obviously, as of the time of this recording, we're recording this on Monday. Rivera's out in Washington. Arthur Smith in Atlanta. We obviously know Charlotte, the Chargers. We don't know what the Ra- the Raiders have an in interim. We don't know what they're going to do. Give me a couple of under-the-radar names I'll give you a couple, and let me know what you think of these. Mike McDonald, Lou Amarumo. Give me a couple under-the-radar names that maybe the leagues, the the average fans not thinking about that's going to be a viable candidate.
1: Well, I think right now the problem for some of those very worthy candidates is that there's a lot of pressure on the owner in L.A. to get it right. In a storyline that hasn't been talked about, when he relocated, there's a $700 million relocation fee. He hasn't paid any of it. And the NFL hasn't asked him to, (laughs) but the word is the NFL called him late in the year this year and went, Hey, get rid of Staley and get this figured out. This is, this isn't working. You've got the lowest season ticket base in the league. You got to get this right. And so that's why I think like, the word is, Harbaugh's top two choices are the Chargers and the Raiders. And so now this is unusual for the Chargers because they're notoriously cheap. Right. You know, so I think the Chargers are actually going to go big game hunting. If sure. they lose out on Harbaugh, don't be surprised, Jason, if the Chargers call Pittsburgh about Mike Tomlin. Make like a trade. Yes. I think that, I think the Chargers are, there's a lot of pressure on them to go big game hunting and to make this work and so then let's just say harbaugh goes to vegas you know oh by the way jim harbaugh signed with tom brady's agent brady's on record as saying he's going to assist the raiders with the hiring which is interesting because he doesn't work for them or own them so i'm surprised he's even allowed to do that but uh so you know bill belichick right i don't think that we're taping this he has not been let go in new england but Washington's made no secret of their desire for Belichick. Neither is Atlanta who now has an opening. Yep. So uh, Jason, I will say this. I think Nick Sirianni getting fired. If he loses Monday Dude, to Tampa. Wow. All right. There's something going on there and it's not good. Yeah. Right. And I don't think they're going to stand by Sirianni, especially if Belichick's available because the owner has always had a soft spot for Belichick, uh, even though he beat him in a Super Bowl. So waiting. that's, I, I think, you know how in baseball this offseason's been dominated, we're waiting for the big names, and, you know, nothing happened till Otani signed. Then nothing's happened on the pitching market until, you know, Blake Snell and others yeah. really signed. I think the NFL is going to be that way with head coaches, Jason. You know, I think Harbaugh. Belichick potentially even Tomlin potentially and then I have a feeling that oh okay some other openings like Carolina will move on because none of those guys are going there right you know but some of the other places I think they're all going to go big game hunting
0: yep there's some and there's some big potential names out there that have not I mean like in the Belichick's and the Tomlins of the world I mean those guys have been rocks at their places for so many years and where do you think? Where do you think a guy? Where do you think a guy like Kraft goes? Is he Vrabel? Is Vrabel in the mix in New England?
1: Well, that's another one. As we're recording this, Vrabel's meeting with his ownership group. Yep. You know, what's I mean, they're at a crossroads in that relationship. Where are they going to go? You know, Vrabel, after the AJ Brown trade, forced out the general manager. Now they've got the current general manager, but he wasn't really consulted. So mm-hmm. is Vrabel gonna sign on long term in Nashville? If he's available. He'll be unemployed an hour and a half. I mean, he showed. He, taking can out Miami. he can coach. Yeah, he can coach. And so, yes, I would think Kraft's first phone call would be Rabel if Rabel is available.
0: A couple more things to get you out of here. What do you think the Bears are going to do with Justin Fields?
1: Uh, they're going to trade him. I think they're going to take a quarterback and they're going to move Fields. I think Fields also is not going to get a first-round pick back. I Probably think he two. made a two and a three, and I don't yeah. know if they'll be in the same draft. You know, it right. could be a two and a five this year or three next, but I think they're going to move on, you know, kind of like what we saw with Jalen Milrow in the national semifinal. He's got skills, but he can't beat you in the pocket, eight yards behind center. Fields has skills but right now 3 years in you know if you're the bears this yeah. put up cuz if you're staying with fields and you got to pick up his fifth year option that's at least two more years and you're really committing for beyond that
0: right for sure you saw him in person Saturday night in Indianapolis how good CJ Stroud
1: his arm is a lot stronger than you think it is like he doesn't look like a big strong guy he doesn't look like he's you know got a herculean shoulder and bicep Boy, that ball gets there. Yep, he made a, it does. like late in the game. He made a late throw down the middle of the field. That's the kind of throw that gets picked off. Now, I don't think the Colts have the best safeties in the world, but he made a late throw down the middle of the field. That was perfect. And it's like, damn, that's a big time throw. You know, seven money drive games, tied seasons on the line. Yep. He goes seven for seven. On the game-winning drive.
0: Yep. No yeah, doubt. The, what now now here's state? the
1: irony, Jason. Huh. If they lose the final game of the year last year at Indianapolis, yes. they end up with the number one pick of the draft, and legend has it, they would have gone Bryce Young. Wow. Wow. But fell in love with Stroud because the word got out early that that's once Carolina made the trade with Chicago that that's who they were going with, and then they said, you know, come to think of it, this Stroud guy
0: might so be okay. Would,
1: would they have had Bryce Young right instead of Stroud? Is that Lovey Smith's gift <laughs> to the Texans? that last game of the season last year. Remember, he went for two in the win in the closing yeah. seconds. Everybody said, what are you doing? You cost us the first overall pick of the draft. me L- feeling good
0: because that check's still clearing every two weeks from the Texans.
1: Damn right it is. <laughs> Damn right it is. For for another year, also at least, after this one.
0: At least. All right, so it sounds like you like the Rams as kind of a sleeper wild card weekend. Who do you like as maybe a sleeper in the AFC?
1: Well, the – I do like the Rams for this reason. The Lions' biggest weakness is their secondary. I really don't know. Unless Hutchinson and company dominate the game up front. I I don't know how Detroit's going to keep the Rams under 30. So I I will actually take my one upset. I'll take uh, the Rams. Uh, I don't like Miami in the elements with all their injuries. I don't like Pittsburgh without T.J. Watt against Buffalo. Cleveland, you
0: know. Houston. Um, Remember, Stroud didn't play a couple weeks ago when they when Cleveland went in there and beat them pretty bad. No yeah, Stroud.
1: I know. I tell you what, matchup within the matchup. How about Miles Garrett against Laramie Tunzel? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I got to admit, if I'm Cleveland, I'm moving Garrett to the other side a lot. I, I got to believe that Cleveland defense gets a W. I am worried about Flacco striking midnight, though. Me too. I mean, Me there's too. a reason he was sitting home. There's a reason he hasn't been a starter in the league since 2019, so I am a little worried that the bubble bursts with Joe Flacco. But I don't think it bursts this weekend. And uh, what's the other one? I
0: Tampa, Philly.
1: I like Tampa. I do too. I I think the Eagles have completely collapsed in the room on the field. I wish Baker was healthy though. If Baker was healthy, I think they'd put up enough points because they do think Philly's gonna score just a little bit. But tell you what, I'll go I'll go Tampa in an upset. I'll go the Rams in an upset. And I don't think Green Bay can beat Dallas. I, I think Dallas will at home where they're, you know, they're the only unbeaten home team in the league. Right, right. And I don't see the Packers as being good enough yet to be the one to knock them off.
0: Well, David, keep up the great work with all your different avenues, Miller and Moulton, in the mornings. You got Sir- you'll got you hear David, David on SiriusXM throughout the offseason as well, and as obviously you'll see him up in the booth for Wild Card Weekend. I know you guys have a divisional game as well um, that you'll be working as well next week with, with uh, Buck and Aikman. So, David, appreciate the time. Always great insight. David's very dialed in around the league. He knows lots of stuff that – other people don't know, so we appreciate him giving a, giving us a few minutes on the Powers on Sports podcast.
1: Jason, anytime. Appreciate it. Happy New Year.
0: You too, buddy. Have a great call.
1: See you. All right. Thanks.
0: Thanks again for listening to the Powers on Sports podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on whatever podcast platform you are hearing us tonight. Remember, you can reach out to us on Twitter at sports. So we'd love to hear your feedback, comments, suggestions for future episodes. And again, thanks for all the support. Remember to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues. And we'd love to see you back next time for the next episode of the Powers on Sports podcast. Have a great week.